raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello and welcome to This Week Healing the Whole Person. Um, We have a wonderful show today. I'm very happy to have Father Bob Sears on the line, um, Jesuit. You know him well from all the shows he's done. He's a former professor of theology at the Jesuit School of Theology and the Pastoral Institute of Loyola University, Chicago. His emphasis is on the relationship of psychotherapy and theology. Father is currently a spiritual director, counselor, and writer on various aspects of healing. He gives workshops and retreats on faith development and healing, especially intergenerational healing, and he is actively involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Um, he has a website, www.familytreehealing.com, where you can find his various publications. So I'm your moderator, Joan McHugh, and I'd like to, um, B- Father Bob said his topic today is happy the happy are those who hunger for righteousness, they will be filled. So we're continuing with the Beatitudes. Father, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Right, exactly. We're, we wanted to uh, continue with the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes actually are the, the way that we experience God's joy. And uh, they're signs that we're in union with the Holy Spirit. And it's really Matthew's uh, meditation on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So each of the Beatitudes is another aspect that indicates that we are really in tune with the Holy Spirit. And the central uh, Beatitude is the one that we're dealing with today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall have their fill. And so we just begin with the question, just to ask yourself what you think righteousness means to you. For example, we might think of the Pharisees who prided themselves on how they carried out God's commands and were not like other people. But as we'll see, that was just the opposite of what Jesus had in mind. So what did he have in mind? What is shown by the three passages, remember that each one is explained by three passages as in Psalm 119 that uh, were read during the Pentecost feast because it didn't have an octave. So just on the day itself, it had eight prayer periods. And in each one of the prayer periods would be one of these passages. So the passages for this particular beatitude are Matthew 6, 5 to 18. And the core of it is the Lord's Prayer. So this is the central passage for opening to the joy of the Lord. And on each side of the Lord's Prayer, we have a passage about prayer at the beginning and about fasting at the beginning or at the end. And In each one of these passages, there's a particular focus. And the focus is that we should not 
parade our prayer or our fasting before others in order to get their uh, admiration. But rather we're supposed to go and hide the fact that we're doing it so that the Heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward us. Just listen to what it says. When you pray, Jesus says, go in to your inner room and close the door that your Father who sees in secret may reward you. So it's, it's, it's not vocal prayer that he's talking about before other people, although that's certainly fine. The point is, though, that it should be done for your Heavenly Father because he wants that intimate relationship with you. All of the Beatitudes indicate that there's an intimate relationship with God that's being uh, sought and being achieved when we have these Beatitudes. And so this is the one where we hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, where we find ourselves longing for that communion with God. And to get that, then pray to the Heavenly Father intimately, uh, whispering if you want, because God sometimes whispers to us. And then when you fast, he says, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, that they might appear to others to be fasting. But anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting. And your Father who sees what is hidden will reward you. Isn't that interesting? God sees, you remember Samuel was told by God to select the king out of the sons of Jesse. And the seven sons he thought that might be, but it was none of the seven sons. And so they had to call for an eighth one, which was David, out taking care of the sheep. Because, as God says, God looks at, does not look at appearances, but rather at the heart. So e deeper even than we can see. So the hunger and thirst for God's love and for the Holy Spirit is in our, the depth of our hearts. And when we find that, we have a kind of joy, we have a spiritual um, peace that comes to us when we get really grounded in God's love. And so that kind of is the framework around the central point, which is the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, sometimes we really don't fully understand the Lord's Prayer because it's, it's not translated perfectly uh, from our recent understandings. And so <clears throat> just we'll take a look at it point by point. So it begins in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So what does that mean? Only Jesus, God's only begotten Son, says, My Father. In John 20, at the end there, after the resurrection, he told Mary Magdalene, Go tell my brothers, first time he used brothers, and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. So the Father is, or the or Jesus is the only begotten Son of the Father. So there isn't any duplication of that. But what <clears throat> happens is that we're united with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, 
And so we are, be, we are also children of the Father. So it is our Father, our Father, because the whole family is related to, to our God. Whereas Jesus is the only begotten Son. He, he's not repeatable. <laughs> we're, the, we're the ones that are repeatable in Jesus. So we become the, we become the, the body of Christ, as it were, and all seen as children of God, brothers and sisters of one another. And so that's a beautiful thing. And in the beginning of this, of course, it says that we shouldn't use a lot of prayers like the Gentiles do, thinking they're going to get God's attention by that, because the Heavenly Father knows we need whatever we need. And so <clears throat> when we pray, we're just praying in this very simple way that Jesus gives us. So as God's family, we either give God a good reputation or we give him a bad reputation. You know, like the children of a family, they could give the family a bad reputation for the way they act. In fact, we want our lives to draw people to God, not to drive them away from God. You know, God actually complained in Ezekiel 36:22 that <clears throat> not for your sakes do I act, house of Israel, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. Well, how did they profane his name? Because they're his children. They're his subjects. And their bad way of life is reflecting badly on God. <laughs> you know, we're giving bad, God a bad name <clears throat> by if we don't live beautifully the way he asks us to live. So... He's asking us, in other words, when he says, hallowed be thy name, that's really, may his name be made holy by how we live. So not for your sakes do I act, but for my own name's sake. So we are to live our lives that, that reveal the truth of our Father, not make God into our fallen image. Be you perfect, Matthew says in 548 which means perfect and all-inclusive love, you know, like this Father who lets his sun shine on the good and bad alike. Just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Luke puts the same point differently. He says, be you compassionate or merciful, just as your Father is merciful. What brings us God's joy is living a life inspired by God's love. That's how we are to glorify God. And then... Others will be drawn to God by the love of God that's working through us. Now, this is underlined by the following words. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he, it's like he's saying the same point in a different way, that as we live the will of God, which is love, and as that radiates out, then we will acknowledge God has a will for earth. So he's not just standing and kind of letting things be happen the way we would like to have them happen. He has a, an intention for earth, namely that his love would be spread to all things and all creation. It's not just about, not just left to us. And this is the beauty of it, that God entrusts this responsibility to us as a father would to his children. We're committed, committing ourselves to living our lives on earth according to God's direction. 
just as Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So we're kind of filling out the Our Father when we live according to God's direction. John's Gospel, Jesus says, I have glorified your name on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. And Matthew makes the same point in 5.16 when he says, Let your light shine before people, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So not glorify you, (laughs) (laughs) but glorify your heavenly Father because of the good deeds that you do. Just as Mary said, you know, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. So next, next we are to trust that God will provide for our needs as we do God's will. So we're, you know, the, the beauty of this is that we begin to see that God really does treat us as beloved children and that we can ask him for things. We pray first, give us this day our daily bread. Now, what does daily mean? Actually, daily translates a Greek word, and the Greek word is epiousios, and you don't have to remember the word, but <clears throat> just, just remember that this word is the only word, it's only used in this passage and in Luke's Gospel in the Lord's Prayer. And so these scholars are not really clear on what it means. And so they just said daily, but they didn't have to say daily because we say, give us this day our daily bread. So we don't have to say it's daily bread. They're just repeating what's already been said. So what is what does the word mean, epiousios? Well, epi means on, in, on, or above. And ousia is a Greek word meaning being. So taken literally, it means above being bread (laughs) or supernatural bread. It corresponds to the manna with which God fed Israel in the desert. It's a bread that comes down from heaven. So it's a special kind of bread. It's not just our ordinary loaves of bread that we have that we eat from. And in John 6, Jesus said clearly, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. And then later he says, I am the bread of life. So the ultimate bread that we're asking for is really the Eucharist, the nourishment that strengthens us to live God's will on earth as it is in heaven. So this is a bread that's grounded in heaven and is given us each day, just like the manna. Remember, they couldn't store it up. They had to trust that God would give it each day. So each moment we are trusting that God will help us to receive whatever we need at that time. And so then we pray God will forgive us our inadequacies and sins as we forgive others Now, how are we going to forgive others? Well, we're going to let God forgive us first. Actually, it's the other way around, as though we earn God's love, but actually he loves us first, and he forgives us first, and then he wants us to hand that on to others. The parable of the, you know, the unjust servant indicates that, that God forgave him, you know, this small amount, and then he won't forgive, he had a huge amount, rather, that, 
and the and the servant wouldn't forgive the one who just had this small amount. And so God couldn't forgive him because he was kind of showing how he wanted to be treated by how he was treating other people. So instead, it was in the garden, actually, that Jesus prayed in the garden. He says, you know, then later, he prays for being strengthened in difficulties. So, you know, the, our Father says, lead us not into temptation. But actually, God doesn't tempt anybody, James says. So that's also needs a little bit of reinterpretation. What it really means is that, Lord, don't abandon us in the trial. Because you know, the, the closer we get to the fulfillment of the kingdom, the more we're going to be tested and tried. It's like people say, well, when they're dying, you know, that's when the evil spirit really <laughs> does the last-ditch stand. Whether that's an evil spirit or simply the fact that we're facing the deepest pain inside of ourselves, in any case, the deeper we get, the more strength we need from God. And so that's why Jesus said, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And we remember the disciples fell asleep and they and they gave in to the temptation. But when we pray, then God will strengthen us, no matter what the trial is. And that's what we pray in the Our Father. Don't abandon us in the trial. And finally, we pray that God will deliver us from evil and that God deliver Jesus and all through his death and resurrection. So the actual word for the Greek word for evil is masculine. It really refers to the ultimate enemy. So deliver us, Lord, from the evil one whose lies and deceptions led Adam and Eve to sin and have brought humanity into a history of sin, suffering, and death. So the Our Father has delivered us through baptism, springing from Jesus' death and resurrection. And now we need to be guided by, in our lives by that victory, the victory of the cross, and to continue that deliverance. For the consequences of sin remain, as Counselor Trent said, for our purification, for our struggle. And so when we think of it fully, it, the, why it is the source of joy, is that we truly listen to our Father and carry out what we hear, we will discover all things work together for good for those that love God. He, he strengthens us in every situation. He's watching over us. He gives us all we need as nourishment for the journey. So the very consequences of sin which remain for our struggle, illness, suffering, and death, have been transformed now not as a punishment, but into a way to restore God's love in our lives, which is the ultimate ground of all healing. As we hand all of these trials over to Jesus, he transforms them to occasions for grace so that we can make a new decision how to understand and live our lives that God may be glorified. And when we do that, we find that God is glorified and he's pleased and that, that, that joy and that peace and that strengthening are the real ground of our whole existence then. And that's really the ground of all healing. 
when we realize that everything that God does in our life is for our healing and that he is always watching over us and he doesn't let anything happen in our life that he doesn't mean to bring good out of so that we can begin to live in that peace. So that's really how I'm looking at this particular beatitude. So if anybody has any questions or want to talk about that, feel free to get in touch with us. The number here here is 224-585-9734. So if you have any questions. This is wonderful. Or they can email us, as people often do with their prayer requests. WSFICatholicRadio.org. So uh, give us an email, uh, info at WSFIRadio.org, or our website is WSFICatholicRadio.org, or call us, 224-206-8455. We're coming up to a break, Father, and then we'd like to come back and talk more and open up your beautiful presentation with questions. Thank you. We have a, a couple of minutes left, Father. We do have some prayer requests. So um, we'll, we'll maybe after the break, we'll come back and, and have those prayers and ask you to pray for those people. Okay. And then uh, we'll further discuss the righteousness, which is just so powerful. Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. This is Sister Mary Agnes of the School Sisters of Christ the King in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I believe Catholic Radio is an important tool for the new evangelization. The Times and I have been on the road traveling different places um, looking for something good to listen to. I've been really uplifted by what I hear on Catholic Radio and I feel like it's a good source of education too and I can learn lots more about our faith. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. 
Hello and welcome back. And we're talking to Father Bob Sears, SJ. Happy those who hunger for righteousness. Uh, they will be filled. Um, uh, what a beautiful um, presentation, Father. We're, we have taken notes here and we're listening. And Annie is sitting in who works for WSFI. And she might, uh, Annie, I think you might have a comment or a question. Okay. It was in regard to the end of the hour, Father, and uh, the words deliver us from evil. You had said that originally, and then you repeated it again, and you said deliver us from the evil one. Now, that caught my attention because I had heard at one time that it used to be the evil one and that it was changed just to say evil. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about that? And if so, I, why I don't. I don't know about the change actually. Okay. That perhaps is is because the less focus on the evil one. In some ways, <clears throat> we really don't know uh, at the present time whether the evil is coming from the evil one or from the evil. But the, the I'm just saying that the original uh, prayer is the evil one. The word is masculine from uh, Greek. And so uh, we know that Jesus did deliver evil spirits from people so that he certainly considered it to be uh, a good thing to do at that time. And so <clears throat> right now I believe we need to really uh, understand that more deeply whatever it is that uh, is coming against us. So the evil is ultimately the result of the, the deception of the evil one. Right. Whether it, the evil one is directly involved in all evil that happens to us, that's another question because it gets handed down in our generational oh, okay. systems too. Okay. And so people are living it and then living that evil. So each one has to be discerned in a, in a specific way, whether it's actually the evil one or whether it's right. the evil that's come originally from the work of the evil one. Right. And I just thought, I hoped it hadn't um, uh, decreased the value or whatever of the prayer, you know, by not saying the evil one rather than just evil. Well, it, it, it does show that the, that the depth of the problem was originally Satan's deception of right. Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. and, right. okay. and that's been handed down generation after generation. Now, we're doing a pretty good job of <laughs> you know, deforming people ourselves by our actions and by our attitudes. So right now, it seems like it's coming from all directions, the evil. That's so right. it might be better to have it as a generic term. <laughs> okay. um, Father, when, when you pray... I you know, is there a is there a prayer you recommend, like at the very beginning of the day, like the Our Father, of course, but to to protect us and our families and all from evil? Is that the ultimate prayer, the Our Father? Well, it, this is the ultimate prayer because it is. Uh, well, of course, what Jesus gave us, He said, "Don't multiply words." Mm -hmm. And your Heavenly Father, you need all these things. So everything is really covered in the Our Father. Mm -hmm. Because when you say, the, give us this day our daily bread, it isn't just the Eucharist or just the food that we eat that we're being given. We're, we're given the substance and everything that's necessary for our living our life. Mm -hmm. And so that covers pretty much everything. And then when 
when we forgive other people and as God has forgiven us, we're really loving them. And that's what Mark, or that's Matthew's point, that we need to love as broadly as God loves. And so that covers pretty much there too, our response to that uh, response. And then the fact that we're, we're protected if we pray about it. We need to ask for uh, strengthen us in the trial. So if you <clears throat> you know what I do in the in the day is just hand it over to the Lord. I say, Lord, this is yours. Please guide me to do what you want me to do today. And I know that you'll provide all that's needed because we really can't do anything according to God's will unless God is doing it in us mm-hmm. and is guiding our actions. And so, and so you're sort I, of giving Him permission. To, yes, we to need enact to give his will. permission because he wants to do it more than we do. He knows what we need, mm-hmm. and we don't have to persuade him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a loving parent, and so just as you wouldn't have to, you know, your kids don't have to persuade you to want good things for them. Right. You, you simply want good things for them. What they need to do, though, is that if you give good things and they don't appreciate it, then you're not helping them in the long run because. You're making them think that they're the center of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we need to ask, and we need to recognize that we really can't do it ourselves. That's, I think the whole Old Testament is a testimony to that, that we can't do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So even the best people in the Old Testament didn't keep the commandments of God. Moses didn't get into the Promised Land. <clears throat> David sinned. Solomon sinned. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah wanted revenge on his enemies. You know, it's like we just humans can't solve the problem that Adam and Eve started, mm-hmm. and that's that's why God said He would do it, mm-hmm. and He gave us His Son to do it, and so and His mother, who said in the womb that she would not ever do her will, but only God's will. Mm-hmm. And so she was tested just like Adam and Eve, and she responded in the in the way God had hoped that they would respond in the beginning. But on the other hand, you say, well, isn't it better that they didn't respond that way? It, it, there's an argument that could say that was true because you know would we would we know the depth of God's forgiveness if we hadn't sinned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So happy fault, as yes. you know, the church says, it won for us so great a Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Now, he would have come anyway, but he wouldn't have come as a Redeemer in that sense. He would become <clears throat> as the one who models what we all have to grow into because, you know, it's in Jesus that we are children of God. So that's the only way that it could be. And so he would have, it was Duns Scotus that, pointed that out, that it, it wasn't just because of sin that Jesus came. He would have had to come anyway, but he would have come as the victor, you might say, as the one in whom everybody is uh, brother and sister and children of God the Father. Mm-hmm. He, he came out of love. I mean, it was love that brought and, and, him to Right. Him. In other words, our sin shows how powerful God's love is and how humble God is. He bows to what we need, mm-hmm. and he allows us. To, the, the cross isn't placating the Father. The cross is revealing the Father. Mm. The Father 
his suffering in his son for us that we could come back to him that we would know that there isn't anything that we've done that won't can't be forgiven if we just turn to him mm-hmm. so i'm back to the morning prayers i'm okay. i'm very taken up lately with about how to pray and and what to pray i mean mm-hmm. you know i know we so the our father and then you pray and give god permission to enact his will in your life yes Lord, you you take it. You show me and help me, lead me to what you want for my life and my day. Right. And then I pray also that <clears throat> because I, the Lord has shown me that I have to get reborn of water and the Holy Spirit. That is, I have to have new parents because otherwise I'll be struggling against what was handed down to me by my parents mm-hmm. and, and I'll just be carrying on the problem so I have to be born again so in that sense I have to receive first everything that I'm going to do and so I have to let so I take time in the morning just to let God love me wow. freely freely just by being quiet and just by, by, by being quiet and letting Mary be my mother and Heavenly Father and they partnering each other so that I don't have to even, because parents need to partner each other in order to be able to love unconditionally. And since most of our parents, in fact, none of our parents could do it except in God, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't do it. And so the child is <clears throat> lured into trying to help their parents. Mm-hmm. And that just makes the child part of the problem. And so basically we need to be reparented by parents who actually... Uh, are so delighted in each other that the child doesn't have to do anything except re- receive their joy. So in your act of, like, a letting God love me first thing in the morning, is that you're allowing God and Jesus and Mary to reparent you? Yes, that's exactly it. Hmm. And that's why I, I became so <clears throat> um, fascinated by the fact that St. Joseph is the one who mediates the Father's love in the Holy Family, and that Jesus obeyed for all those years, because it's St. Joseph, therefore, that puts a human face on the Father's love. Oh, I like that. Put, I'm going to write that down. Puts and a human... St. Joseph both had, and Mary had made vows of virginity, so they were really partnering each other in a, in a divinely way, a divinely loving way. Mm-hmm. And so... That is mediated and expressed in Jesus. So when I can't do it, when I don't know how to do it, I ask Jesus to receive their love in me. Mm. Oh, my word. Because they are his parents, and so he knows what that's like to receive their love. In fact, he lived in obedience to them for 18 years. Can you say that again, Father? Say that again, what you just said to you ask them to... Well, well, when I first tried to do this, I realized I couldn't do it because I was partnering. <clears throat> my, you know, I, w- I had learned how to do that. You know, in a sense, I was helping my mother when I said I won't be a burden in mm-hmm. the womb. And so uh, that meant I was my 
tendency was to partner Mary in, as she was my mother, but I couldn't do that. That was because she was interceding for everybody who ever existed or ever would exist, so she was in the Holy Spirit. That was beyond me, too. So I basically realized I really didn't know how to receive from parents that supported each other. And so I asked Jesus to do it because he said to Louisa that he was going to give us his will to actually carry out on earth what the Father chooses in heaven yes. if, if we ask him. So I asked him and he, he did it. So, <laughs> so what is, how? What does that mean? He did it. Well, I just let him be in me, letting Mary and the Heavenly Father be my parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, as the more that that happened, then I knew I didn't have to do anything. I could just let God bless me. So that took all the pressure off you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And more and more, as we surrender things to God, because he's ultimately the one that monitors everything. No, nobody does anything to us or anybody else that God isn't permitting. Mm-hmm. And he only can permit it if he loves us, if he can bring love out of it. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, the more we realize that God's love is our foundation, the more peaceful and calm we can be. <laughs> yeah. Because we know that nothing can happen that God doesn't have an answer for. We just have to be open to live through it and to ask God to show us what we're to learn from it and how to respond. And that will take us the next step into our purification. So everything God allows to happen, I mentioned that in the presentation, that everything that God allows to happen in our life is meant to purify us. It isn't a punishment. Mm-hmm. Even death, St. Irenaeus said death is, is the ultimate purification from sin. Mm-hmm. Because the sin is what deserved death. It had to die. And so, but if the death can be done in a loving way, as, mm-hmm. as a, an expression of God's love, which it is in Jesus' cross, because he freely gives his life. He's, nobody's taking it from him. Mm-hmm. And so he's giving it out of love. And so ultimately, the deeper reality is that God's love goes beyond death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that if we can accept that, then there's really nothing we have to be anxious about because God's in charge of everything and he's going to make bring good out of whatever it is. That, See, that's, that's why the, the martyrs were happy when they were dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what, what unnerved okay. Nero and the others. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Annie has a question, Father. Uh, uh-huh. I was uh, trying to understand what you were saying and I was thinking that a lot of times when things happen to us or that the Father allows to happen to us, it's also how we respond to that, um, what the, what's going on there. And sometimes it isn't things that you, you know, appreciate, but you, you know, turn the cheek, so to speak, and offer it up. Um, yes, yes, yes. How we do respond, that's the point. Right. Because actually Jesus has interceded for us that we would be restored into what Adam and Eve were intended to be before they sinned. And he's succeeded. He said on the cross, it's finished. So, But it's not finished for us. So why? Somebody said, well, what's our role? Well, our role is to accept it, you know, to, to uh, 
see what happens to us in light of what God intended, namely that we would learn a depth of love and that we would be able to love like Jesus does and like the Father does. So even when we have people that hurt us, you know, and initially we won't be able probably to love them at all, and we might have to say, Jesus, do it in me, because I don't know how to do that for this type of a situation, like with parents that abuse their kids or whatever. And they need to choose them, because otherwise they're going to be caught up in an invisible disloyalty, and they won't be able to choose anybody. Mm-hmm. But they can't choose them because they were abusive. So what is? why did God put me into that family mm-hmm. that I would be abused with? Well, they see now we're looking at it from God's point of view because ultimately they didn't choose you. Your parents didn't choose you. God did for this family. And at that, with that sibling um, family, you know, the older and brother sisters. You know, so everything is just the way God wanted it. What, what? Why did God do that? Why did he have my mother not be able to be there for me because she was had her hands full with the first two? And I said, I won't be a burden. Well, you know, now I know after the fact that it really is helping me to understand why people, how people can make decisions in the womb and how they affect their whole life. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't know that because... No, most people don't know that they've made decisions in the womb unless mm-hmm. somebody brings it to their attention. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, and but, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is just—it's wonderful. You're giving me a new way to pray, especially first thing in the morning. I'm mm-hmm. very happy now learning this because now I'm, you know, just to let the heavenly Father and Mary become our parents. Let's just—I'm going to learn to practice that. Yes, well, I mean, that, let, and that a lot us, of us need that. All of us probably need it to some extent, you know, some more than others. But but uh, it's the solution that God mm-hmm. said, I myself will shepherd them. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful, Father. Every, every time you're on, I learn all kinds of new things. It's just a gift. And we only have three and a half minutes left, Father. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to give um, a little promo for um, Divine Mercy Sunday, which is coming up the week after Easter, which our Lord asked Sister Faustina to establish the um, the Feast of Divine Mercy. And St. Mary's in Lake Forest will be a, ha- be a host church for Divine Mercy Sunday on April um, 8th. And it begins at 1 o'clock with confessions, 2 o'clock Mass, and 3, the Chaplet and Prayers for Divine Mercy. So everyone is welcome to St. Mary's in Lake Forest at 1 o'clock on April 8th. Now, Father, we have a cup, some prayer requests, so may I tell you them, and then you could pray for them. Okay. Um, so we have one anonymous one is asking prayers for her mom, Jane. Her name is Jane. She's in a battle to get the upper hand against cancer. She's in the, been in the same parish her entire 84 years. Mm. So for Mom Jane, who's battling cancer, for this is from Tom. Uh, please pray that the good Lord will shine in my life and reconcile Amy and I, as he requested us to do in his holy word, in Jesus' mm. name. He wants reconciliation with Amy. That's Tom. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jocelyn is asking that Robert F. will still walks in God's ways 
loves his word, and listens to his Holy Spirit. Pray that Robert believes God and help his unbelief. Also pray that he contact me, Jocelyn, very soon. <laughs> and I have one more prayer. This morning, our uh, father, um, the pastor at St. Mary's, prayed for Sherry Clock, who's quite ill, and I believe she's having surgery. I think it's a kidney cancer, Father. So could we pray for Sherry Clock? Sherry, is that a yes, woman's name? Yes, yes, yeah, and she's, she started a fantastic Bible study at at um, St. Mary's years ago, and okay. a beautiful person, and so we'll pray for her healing, Father. Okay, surely. Mm -hmm. So, Lord Jesus, we raise up all of these intentions. We pray for Anne and her mom as uh, battling cancer, and you know, Lord, that you want to let your light shine in everything that you let happen to us. So whatever that cancer is about, Lord, we ask that it be healed and that anything that is expressing of a wound in her life that needs healing, that that will be healed too. We pray for Tom, Lord, that we could reconciliation between Amy and, and him. And so we ask that that be uh, your love, certainly, Lord, and it's your forgiveness and your ability to understand each person in, in their own way so that they'll all have a mutual understanding of the other and be able to realize that we're all limited and we none of us are doing it all right. And then for Jack's, Jacqueline, we pray that Robert would believe and would be brought away from his unbelief, that he would see the, the depth of his call to be loved and to let love flow through him. And then the pastor of St. Mary's, Lord, we pray for Sherry Clark. We ask for her healing and her praise. So may the blessing of Almighty God on all of these intentions and all those who are listening be upon you to bring you into a deeper union with our Heavenly Father who loves you with his whole self and has not spared his own son for you, that you might be restored as he wanted Adam and Eve to begin in the beginning. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. <laughs>